Purdue quarterback Brady Allen is transferring to Louisville on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. We're talking about why this move makes sense for a couple of different reasons. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Thanks again for tuning in and making Locked On, the Louisville your first listen every day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned, Purdue quarterback Brady Allen is heading to the Cardinals program. We're going to talk about why this makes sense for the Cardinals um, for personnel reasons, uh, from a talent perspective, and the future of the position um, within the program. We'll also talk about three-star 2024 safety Jaden Spearman uh, scheduling an official visit to Louisville, including the Cardinals in his top 12. And then to conclude the show, we'll talk about the Louisville softball team back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019 breaking down um, what to expect from the Knoxville Regional. So um, looking at um, the football side of things, obviously there were some spots that still needed to be filled, a handful of scholarships remaining after the very impressive spring transfer window um, and obviously the winter transfer window as well. But a couple of positions still rumored to have needed um, some more players, tight end, linebacker, maybe even interior defensive line. But over the past couple of weeks, I feel like quarterback was a position that a lot of people talked about because of the injury to Pierce Clarkson that saw him miss the entirety of spring ball. Um, you know, the uncertainty over the backups behind Jack Plummer. So Brady Allen from Purdue transferring to Louisville just makes a ton of sense for a couple of different reasons. We talked about the personnel. That's reason number one. I think that with these remaining spots, there's really not a glaring need outside of tight end. I still think that they need to add a tight end, um, a possible starting level tight end, um, to sort of bridge that gap to uh, the Jamari Johnson era. But um, outside of tight end, there's really not necessarily a position I think there is a glaring hole at. Um, you have your starting quarterback in Jack Plummer that you got from California, knows this offense. Um, but after Plummer, and we've seen over the past couple seasons, instances to where, hey, sometimes backups have to come in and win you football games. We saw Evan Connolly do just that in 2019. We saw uh, Brock Doman do that um, here and there this past season. So this is not a... This is not an unknown phenomenon, an unknown trend for Louisville fans. Um, but you look at who's backing up Jack Plummer. I don't mind utilizing an open scholarship to give insurance to the quarterback position because when you look at the backups, Brock Doman, Evan Conley, um, you know Caleb Johnson, and Pierce Clarkson, four guys that were, um, four guys that really don't have a ton of experience to their name. Actually, never mind. Caleb Johnson's in the portal. I, I don't know why I, for some reason, thought that he was still on the team. But even so, now you're down another quarterback. You have three guys, um, you know, Evan Conley and Brock Doman. Conley really hasn't done well when his number was called outside of 2019. Doman struggled here and there. Maybe he looks better in a different system. Uh, sometimes it's hard to 
request a backup quarterback to come in and shine, but you have to do just that. You have to be ready for the opportunity. Um, so I think that there is some risk when it comes to, you know, having to rely on Brock Doman and Evan Conley. Also, Pierce Clarkson, true freshman, extremely talented, um, could have a very bright future here at the Ville, but relying on a true freshman that was injured early on, missed the entirety of spring ball, um, is sort of that much behind um, having to rehab uh, that injury and, you know, get accustomed to the playbook and so on and so forth. I think that this um, is a situation where Pierce Clarkson could potentially come in if he were to need to as a backup um, in 2023, and he could excel. But there is a lot of risk relying solely on a true freshman. So I don't mind going with a player who has a year in the collegiate football ranks. Granted, he doesn't have a lot of um, you know production to his name. I think, what, three completions for eight yards or one completion on three attempts for eight yards. Not a lot of opportunity there playing behind Aiden O'Connell last year. But Brady Allen is a player that has spent a year in Brahms' system. He knows the system. He knows the offense. He spent a year learning it. Um, and obviously, if you are the coaching staff who has done very well at not only recruiting, but coaching these quarterbacks up, you have to imagine that if they feel the need to go out and get a player that they had already coached for a year, that chances are that player's pretty damn good or pretty special. So I think that um, Brady Allen having that expertise within the system, giving you at least another option. I don't necessarily think that this is, you know, indicative of, you know, Pierce Clarkson not being ready or anything like that. I think that this is just giving the Cardinals that much more insurance at the quarterback position, uh, just, you know, trying to capitalize on a great opportunity in 2023. The other reason why I think that this is a solid opportunity for both parties, why this makes a lot of sense is that, Brady Allen was extremely highly rated coming out of high school, ranked as the 10th best quarterback according to 24-7 Sports, fifth best prospect in the state of Indiana. He was a four-star according to 24-7 Sports, 223rd in the nation. The 6'5", 210-pound native of Fort Branch, Indiana, played at Gibson Southern High School, was a phenomenal player there. Um, I think, you know, when you watch the film for Brady Allen, well, for starters, if he were to have committed to the Cardinals out of high school, he would have been what he would have been one of the highest rated quarterbacks that Louisville's ever gotten, along with Clarkson, along with Brian Brom, so on and so forth. Um, but you, when you watch his high school film, a couple things stand out immediately. Number one, his ability to throw on the run, which is extremely um, encouraging, but also um, deep ball accuracy was something that definitely jumped off the page. I want to read this um, this scouting report from Alan True of 24-7 Sports. He projected him as a day three NFL draft pick, comparing him to uh, Davis Mills, who started at quarterback for the Houston Texans this past season. He says, a big high school quarterback who will have prototypical size as a college pocket passer, varsity starter since early in his career and has a lot of game experience, has the arm to make all the throws, and has shown he can throw through wind and tough conditions without losing much velocity. Throws with good touch down the field and can drop the ball in over the top of the coverage. Can also throw on the move without losing velocity, elevated team through the course of his career, and played well against good competition, can throw on the run, but is not as much of a running threat and has to show he can escape the rush at the Power 5 level. Heavy shotgun in high school and may have to adjust to being under center more depending on college system, but a big prototype with a great arm that makes him a high-end prospect and potential Sunday guy. Um, 
Simply put, I don't necessarily see any drawback to this commitment for Louisville. I mean, I think that you add an extremely talented guy, and this is sort of a trend that you've seen Louisville kind of go after um, in this recruiting class in general, in the transfer portal. I mean, look at Marquise Groves Killebrew. Look at you know Marcus Washington, two guys that were extremely highly rated coming out of high school. Um, both were true freshmen last year, um, and essentially now – you know, you're banking on that talent um, and, you know, allowing them to continue to develop. Brady Allen, four years of collegiate um, eligibility left. You add more insurance to the quarterback room and you provide another possible backup. I think that one thing is you have to expect the unexpected. I think especially with how the transfer portal works. And I think that this is a move for the future as well. That's another aspect of this and why this makes a lot of sense. Excuse me. Jack Plummer's gone after this year. Evan Conley's gone after this year. Brock Doman's probably gone after this year. You do have Deuce Adams coming in. Um, you have Pierce Clarkson set to be back for next season. That's two quarterbacks. You're probably going to have to add another quarterback to the mix because you're probably one to add, you know, probably have three, maybe four quarterbacks on the roster that can jump into the game and play if you need them to. So not only does this make sense from a now perspective, but also for the future, you're banking on that potential down the road. A younger guy that flashed a lot of talent in the high school ranks, um, didn't play a lot last year, which I mean, it is what it is, um, but has a lot of talent. Showed it on film. Um, you know, the offers speak for themselves. Very highly rated guy. Is he going to go out and be the future for Louisville? Perhaps, perhaps not. I think it's way too early to tell. But I think on paper, this edition should be one that is celebrated amongst the Louisville fan base for the reasons that I just told you. The personnel, adding the insurance to not only the uh, quarterback room, but for the future. For the future. Um, not only the now, but for the future. The talent-wise, banking on a lot of talent here. Um, you know, already knowing Brahms' system. That's something else that uh, could also, you know, benefit Brady Allen is having that continuity with the coaching staff, with the system that he could possibly be running. So, makes a lot of sense for Louisville. I'm not necessarily sure um, what the highest priority in the portal now remains, but I, I think that this was a very, very solid addition. So, um, I want to continue along into the football recruiting side of things. I will talk about the 2024 class. Uh, Jaden Spearman just scheduled his official visit to the Cardinals campus. We will talk about uh, the three-star safeties recruitment here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best pro best tasting protein bar ever that is built um not only is it healthy containing all the healthy uh components of a protein bar but they're all covered in 100 real chocolate so you're getting that candy bar um you know aspect of it as well it's truly the best of both worlds if you aren't convinced yet go check out the variety of flavors from peanut butter brownie to churro cookies and cream so on and so forth Go to built.com, look at the healthy benefits, look at all the opportunities there. Um, you can get them at built.com. You can also go to Walmart, get a four bar box in the pharmacy section, or if you're a Sam's Club goer, you can get a 13 bar box of all the hip flavors at Sam's Club. No better way 
to eat healthy but also get that candy bar taste as well. Then built. Try it now. Okay, so moving on along into the second segment of the show, we just talked about a transfer portal commitment. On yesterday's show, we talked about three 2024 edge rushers that uh, had scheduled June official visits. We talked about talking about more, and we are going to do that. Another one, um, or another 2024 prospect that has scheduled an official visit for Louisville the weekend of June 9th is three-star safety Jaden Spearman from Cornelius, North Carolina. The three-star safety just cut his list to 12. Louisville made the cut along with Wisconsin, Florida, Penn State, Maryland, Mississippi, uh, Purdue, Michigan, Baylor, UConn, Georgia Southern, and Charlotte. Uh, he just transferred uh, from the state of Connecticut, so transferring down to the um, to the uh, state of North Carolina. The six foot, two hundred and ninety pound uh, safety will play for William Amos Ho High School in Cornelius, North Carolina. Um, listed as an athlete, projects as a safety at the next level, versatile defensive back that played both um, at the cornerback position and safety at the previous level. In an article with Jody Demling of Cardinal Authority's 24-7 or 24-7 Sports Cardinal Authority, there was an article that um, had some quotes, and this is what uh, Spearman had to say. Um he goes on to say this about Louisville. They're able to get into my top list because of the relationships I have with the staff. Dimling goes on to write, Spearman was offered by the current UFL staff while they were at Purdue during the sophomore season. His oldest brother played for defensive coordinator Ron English when English was the head coach at Eastern Michigan. And Derek uh, is currently playing at Connecticut as a, um, as a player. Um, and was offered by Purdue as well. The relationship with Coach Ron English is one that is obviously very important in this one. Um, but I think that obviously they have their work cut out for them. Spearman, despite being ranked pretty low, I mean, he's ranked as the 1,224th best player, according to the 24-7 sports composite, 132nd best athlete, and 33rd best prospect in the state of North Carolina currently. Obviously, like I mentioned, it's hard to not take recruiting rankings with a grain of salt at the moment because I don't necessarily think that the rankings truly reflect um, how good a player is at this point in time at May before the senior season. I think August and September, you have a little bit of a better idea. So, um, like I said, some key matchups that they're going to have to go up against in this one. I will say this, it is encouraging that Louisville is the first uh, official visit scheduled for Spearman, but Spearman has gotten a lot of offers since last, uh, since essentially this time last year. I mean, we're talking about Penn State, Florida, Wisconsin, Maryland, Purdue uh, offered the same day as Louisville. Louisville offered um, Spearman February 25th. I guess Purdue re-offered that day. Um, and it seems like Florida re-offered, actually Florida had him on an unofficial visit this past fall and offered him back in March, but he is scheduled that visit for June 9th, which is definitely something to focus on this past season as a junior 62 total tackles, 11 pass breakups, two forced fumbles and two interceptions. One thing that stands out to me about Jaden Spearman, I think that he fits the mold of what Ron English 
is looking for, Mark Hagan is looking for um, in this defensive backfield, that is versatility. Versatility is the name of the game, especially when you look at the base package. I, I feel like I'm a broken record when I say this, but the 425 base package that they're going to be using definitely highlights the versatility at the defensive back position, whether uh, Spearman projects as a traditional, um, you know, traditional safety in the defensive backfield or more of a outside linebacker towards the line of scrimmage or even a boundary cornerback um uh cornerback in the slot i think that at his last stop he showed the ability to play all of those instances i think that um the main thing that jumped out to me was his ability to defend against the run sort of like a quinterio cole sort of like a josh minkins um i think that based upon the film if you made me guess, and obviously I'm not a coach, I'm not a scout or anything like that, but if you made me guess, I think that he probably projects as, you know, in the Quinterio Cole, um, you know, mold, playing sort of closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, defending the run, but also can drop back into coverage and do it pretty well for his size, being six foot two, uh, having that strength and athleticism, but also having that speed to keep up the smaller and potentially faster receivers. So I think that this is something uh, to focus on here that I think Spearman is going to rise up the rankings probably inside of the, I'd say the top 700. I think that the offer sheet speaks for itself. I think that the film speaks for itself. The statistics speak for itself. This senior season in North Carolina uh, playing against better competition is going to be something to focus on here, but it's beneficial to see Louisville get that first uh, official visit because they have a lot of veterans in that group in the secondary, especially at the safety position. I mean, you talk about MJ Griffin, Josh Meekins Jr., uh, Cam Kelly, potentially Gilbert Frierson, depending on if he's playing safety or outside linebacker. But I think that versatility is something that, um, you know, Jeff Brom and the defensive coaching staff is looking at and saying, we can definitely use that. Um, you know, whether it's defending against the run, playing sideline to sideline, you know, sort of a ball hawk out in center field, uh, whatever may have you. Regardless, I think that, you know, that versatility is something to definitely focus on. Um, this is a recruitment that I think Louisville fans should definitely, definitely keep a close eye out on. Um, I heard from someone that uh, this is a player that the Cardinals could definitely be prioritizing, especially with bringing him in for an, or I'm sorry, bringing him in for an official visit here in the next couple of weeks. So June 9th, shaping up to be a very, very important um, football recruiting weekend for the Flyville 24 class. Definitely something to take a look at. So um, before we get into the final segment, I want, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. And speaking of that, every dayers. Tomorrow's episode of the show, uh, we're going to talk about some more players that have scheduled official visits, um, continuing to talk about how big June is going to be for the Flyville 24 class. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Also, tune in to yesterday's episode about the um, three edge rushers that have scheduled official visits for June, all on whatever streaming service you use. So. But nonetheless, heading on into the final segment of the show, the Louisville softball team back in the big dance, the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2019, in which they almost pulled off an upset in the Northwestern Regional up in Chicago. But uh, the Cardinals 
Obviously, the 2020 season cut short due to COVID. The next two seasons not necessarily going as planned. This year, the Cardinals 35-18. and 18. It was good enough for a top-four finish in the Atlantic Coast Conference, which considering there is Clemson, Florida State, Duke, and Virginia Tech in the conference, something to definitely hang your hat on. So um, how did Louisville get here, first of all, I think, before we talk about the Knoxville Regional? Uh, well, I guess you could say Louisville is in the Knoxville Regional. Um, the number four national seed Tennessee Volunteers are the hosts. Um, Indiana is that first matchup for Louisville. Um, how did they get here? Well, it starts with the Louisville slugger herself, Taylor Roby. Um, as I went through this monologue, she just hit another home run. 22 home runs on the season. The all-time home run leader uh, for the University of Louisville softball program. 56 RBIs, batted 361 for the season. Also led the Cardinals in ERA 2.56 in the circle. Um, the grad student from Mount Washington, star of Bullet, Bullet East High School, um, has been so phenomenal this season. But it hasn't just been Roby. It's been really a balanced attack. You look at the circle. Um, we talked about Taylor Roby. Freshman Alyssa Zabala, 3.06 ERA. The freshman from uh, South Beach has been a key part of this team, of this rotation. And then hitting the ball, you have five players who hit over 340. Um, Taylor Roby, as I mentioned. Corby Otis leading the team in batting average. She's batting 406. Sarah Gordon, 388. True freshman catcher from Lexington, South Carolina. Guess what? ACC Freshman of the Year. The first time Louisville has had a player receive such an honor in its program history. And then not only do you have the youth continuing to get better, you also have that veteran presence. Um, in her second season with the program, Hannah File, uh, who had transferred in from James Madison before last season, she's batting over 340. Uh, the Cardinals went into the portal, got a transfer from Georgia State. Daisy Hess, infielder. She's batting over 340, so that's something to focus on there is you have that you know, balanced nucleus um, that you're able to use, and obviously Easton Lotus, um, you know, so on and so forth. Um, very, very solid uh, squad for Holly April uh, for the Louisville Cardinals, but they have a tough, tough road ahead of them in the Knoxville regional. It's never going to be easy in the NCAA tournament, but this regional has the potential for some fireworks a lot of big-time bats in this um, you know, respective regional. They're squaring off with the Indiana Hoosiers, the number two seed out of the Big, e big Ten. Sorry, made the Big Ten championship game before losing to Northwestern. They are 42-16 and 16 on the season. Defeated the Cardinals back in April in Bloomington 10-5. Um, not necessarily a great pitching team, although they do have Brianna Copeland in the circle. Uh, she's 21-3 with a 2.86 ERA, but very, very solid bats in their pretty young their top four hitters are all underclassmen three sophomores one freshman six batters hitting over 300 led by Taryn Kern true freshman batting 411 22 home runs 67 RBIs Taylor Menick um she's batting 408 with 12 home runs and 57 RBIs going to be a battle in that first game of the Knoxville Regional it's tough to pull off an upset in the NCAA tournament considering it's double elimination so you not only have to handle business against whatever seed that you're playing but you have to beat uh, the top seed essentially twice uh, unless, you know, barring an upset. Um, so Louisville's going to have to be on their game. They're going to have to be solid in the circle, but they're also going to have to capitalize with runners in scoring position. The long ball is going to have to be utilized. Taylor Roby, 
Corby Otis, Sarah Gordon, um, you know, this Louisville lineup has to create some magic and get some runs across. You're going up against an Indiana team that scores a ton of runs. The pitching um, is respectable. I wouldn't say it's elite as Tennessee's is, but it's definitely respectable. Um, you have to take care of business against Indiana and, you know, put your best foot forward against Tennessee. Tennessee, 44-8. and eight. Winners of the SEC tournament, uh, the number four overall seed, um, most notably led by veteran grad student pitcher Ashley Rogers in the circle. Stellar year for her, 16-1.7 and ERA. She's thrown 10 complete games behind her, Peyton Gottschall, uh, Gottschall, Gottschall, 13-1 with a 1.7 ERA. So regardless of, you know, you would assume that Ashley Rogers is probably going to be saved for that uh, second game. Uh, which, you know, obviously you can't put the cart before the horse. You have to take care of Indiana before you focus on Tennessee. But the pitching for Tennessee is great, and then the hitting is extremely solid as well. Kiki Malloy, senior outfielder, batting 421, 23 home runs, 52 RBIs. And then you have a pair of uh, infielders that are hitting the ball really well, California natives McKenna Gibson and then Zeta Pooney. Um, Gibson batting 380 with 15 homers, 57 ribbies. Uh, Zeta with batting 356, eight home runs and 45 ribbies. So um, overall, a lot of fireworks in this Knoxville regional um, electric offense is going at it. It's going to be a matter of number one, uh, the duality, uh, which offense can take advantage of runners in scoring position. But number two, which pitching staff can hold the fort down and, and um, take care of business. Louisville was not able to do so against Virginia Tech in that first game in the ACC tournament allowed a lot of home runs in that one. That's something that they have to limit, you know, limit the long ball. Uh, you allow hits. It is what it is. Don't allow them to cross home plate. That should be the rule. The team who's going to win these games is going to be the team that scores more runs. I'm sorry. I'm lame. Um, but nonetheless, we'll have all the softball coverage as the team hopefully Tries to get to its first Super Regional in quite some time. But that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.